yourself. Don't touch the microphone. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, it is good to have you here and to share this time of fellowship and worship with you. And by the way, um, Happy New Year. Now, you're thinking, where did December go? Today is the first year of the first Sunday of the new of the of the church year, uh, which is Advent. The church year begins with Advent as we prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. So, Happy New Year to each of you. We are glad that we can have this time of fellowship and worship together, and we welcome you all. We welcome our guests, especially uh, today. Uh, we welcome each of you as a part of our family uh, as, as we worship together. Let me invite everyone to t- take our attendance sheets and, and uh, fill those out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. If you would do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Go ahead and take your phones and check in on social media today. We'd appreciate that too. And a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Um, buckle your seatbelts, folks. December is here. Uh, and we're, we're starting today with our Christmon service here at the church at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, you see our tree over here and a few decorations on it already. The Christmon service, you may want, what is a Christmon? A Christmon, it's, it, it's a combination of two words, Christ monogram. And what we will be doing during the service of, of songs and scripture reading and, and descriptions of the, of the decorations, we'll be decorating this tree all with symbols of Christ. It's a very meaningful and, and nice service, so we invite you to come and be a part of that uh, this afternoon at 4 o'clock. And immediately after that, stay, because our deacons are throwing a party. Uh, we're having a reception, and uh, and so we hope that you'll come and stay for that as well. And during the Christmas service, we will be uh, uh, taking either a monetary uh, uh, donation or a donation of personal care items that we will contribute to uh, uh, Henderson Christian Outreach today. So uh, we invite you to do that as well. Our women's mission group will be having their dinner and auction on the uh, on December the 9th at Lana Hopgood's house. Our tapestry choir concert, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. This is a this is a, a, a combination of several choirs in our in our community. Three is that right? Three or four? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, three or four somewhere around there. Um, three, four, or five? Okay, five choirs. Uh, so this is this is a great thing uh, as our our churches uh, collaborate together, and uh, that concert will be on December. December the 15th at 5 o'clock at First Christian Church. The Alice P. Taylor uh, uh, musical program is next Sunday at 4 o'clock at, at First United Methodist Church. And, and of course, go ahead and put the Christmas Eve service on your calendar. That's here at 5 o'clock on, um, let's see, when is that? Oh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, also, our upperclassmen group will be uh, having lunch at, at, uh, at Sue's house on December the 13th at noon as well. So we have a lot of things going on, don't we? But it's it's the time of sharing love. It's a time of sharing joy and, and peace and, and encouragement to one another. So let me invite you to do that now. Let's stand and share the love of Christ, the peace of Christ, the encouragement of Christ with your brothers and sisters. Oh, 
Today uh, begins something that you've been seeing in our bulletin for quite a while now. It begins our December to Remember uh, 25th anniversary celebration. Uh, we were, as a church, we were founded on December the 11th, 1994. So we are celebrating our 25th anniversary during this month of December. And each Sunday during December, we will spend a little time remembering and celebrating in some way our anniversary. One of the things that we want to celebrate is our partnerships. Uh, one of the things that Community Baptist Church is really good at is collaborating with other organizations to extend blessings into our community. Um, and so we will hear from one of our partner organizations each week uh, during this month uh, to, to share some things about what they're doing and, and how we are collaborating to, together. And we will begin today with our Boys and Girls Club, which is newly established here in August. Um, and uh, Ryan Bibb is here. He's the director of operations of the Cliff Hagen Boys and Girls Club, which includes uh, clubs, our club and the club in, in, um, in Owensboro. And is one or two others? Is that right? Yeah, we have two in Owensboro, one in South Spencer, one in Great. Come and share with us, uh, uh, Ryan. All right, guys. Got my cheat sheet on my phone. I am a millennial, so that's where I keep it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, like Dr. Hobbs said, um, Community Baptist Church is a church that truly embodies the name of Community Baptist. Uh, just a little backstory of the Boys and Girls Club here in Henderson. This is something that did not happen overnight. This was a four-year ongoing project for us in Owensboro. Henderson, um, basically the way that it worked is they approached us because they saw the need for the kids here in this community. Uh, a lot of after-school programs were losing their funding. They were not renewed, so a lot of kids had nowhere to go after school. Parents didn't have the ability to take off work at a certain time to make sure that their kids were safe in a positive environment. They couldn't allow them to go home when they were still working. So concerned citizens in Henderson approached us, um, and there were three questions that we had. Is there a need in Henderson? The answer was yes. Is there a want? The answer was yes. Is there a financial uh, capability of opening a Boys and Girls Club? The answer was yes. Those are three things that we always have to answer whenever we go into a new community to open up a Boys and Girls Club. But for our Henderson community, there was a fourth thing as well. Um, we needed a place. There were a couple of other partnerships that we had um, didn't work out. There were a couple of buildings that we were looking at didn't work out. Community Baptist Church opened its arms to us and allowed us to bring in our program for the kids here in Henderson. So far, we have served over 220 kids that are enrolled for this program. We have over 115 kids who come here every single day after school. Um, starting January 1st, we will be a year-round unit. And what that means is right now we are not open over fall break, spring break, Christmas break, and summer break. And if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, you know someone who has children, you know those are the most critical times when you need child care. School is not in session. You have to work. Um, Boys and Girls Club will be open from 7.30 in the morning until 6 at night. It's only $12 a year to be a member at the Boys and Girls Club. Very, very low cost. This is not a babysitting service. Um, this is a place where kids can come to receive high-quality programming. What we do each and every day while our kids are here, we focus on good character and citizenship, healthy lifestyles, and academic success. So we have homework time every day. We have programming every day. We collaborate just like you guys with people in the community to come in and provide that programming because our hope is that whenever the kids decide that the Boys and Girls Club is no longer for them, if they grow too old to come to the Boys and Girls Club, we have instilled principles and skills and guidelines for their life where they can go out into the community and be productive and caring citizens. That is one of our goals at the Boys and Girls Club, and that's part of our mission, to give them the hope, the opportunity, the means to go out into the community, 
be a productive citizen whenever they leave our services. Um, even if all it was was a cheap place for kids to go after school, that would be great. It would give parents the ability to go back to work for only $12 a year. That's a lot cheaper than a lot of after school programs or daycare facilities or whatever it may be. We can't tell you the amount of parents that we've had come to us and tell us that now they have the opportunity to go back to work or find a part-time job because they can't afford child care. Um, if you're paying $150 a week for daycare and you're not making very much money, sometimes you're basically paying for daycare you're paying for a sitter. The Boys and Girls Club lifts that burden off of those parents. Um, now you may ask, yes, that that is not a very good return on our investment because every kid that comes through our doors costs us much more than $12. But our hope is that this is a community effort. Uh, the Henderson community has been absolutely great to us, uh, been able to raise the money to sustain Staying a Boys and Girls Club, and we look forward to what we do in the future. Um, and just a little story for you guys, something that would not have been possible for a lot of these club members. We had one club member in particular, her and her father were homeless. They had nowhere to live. Um, this was a little girl, very good student, um, eight years old, her and her father, nowhere to go. But because of this church and because of the resources that were able to be provided for them um, and the connections that this church and its members were able to make, we were able to find that young girl and her father a home in housing. Uh, we had members of the church who were able to step up and purchase this young woman clothes. Um, so this is a community effort. This is not just the Boys and Girls Club. This is not just the staff members who work with these kids each and every day. These are kids who need love. They need support. And you guys have stepped up in a tremendous way to make sure that we are, one, able to provide that facility and, two, be able to provide that care and the love and the nurture that they need um, because sometimes, as we know, they don't get that at home. And if nothing else, we're able to provide positive mentorship while they're here at the Boys and Girls Club. So again, um, on behalf of myself, all the staff at the Boys and Girls Club, our board of directors here in Henderson, I do appreciate you all and what you've done for us here in Henderson. Thank you.
moment, please. If any of you want to, uh, you can come up closer to the manger scene if you'd like, if you want to. Okay? If you want to sit up well, uh, good morning. Uh, unlike, unlike Ryan, uh, I'm not a millennial, I'm a baby boomer, so I don't, I don't have a, I'm kind of a dinosaur. You know? Any of you like dinosaurs? Well, I don't have all my stuff on, on a phone. I've got a phone, but uh, I've got my cheat sheet just on a plain old paper tablet here. So that, that's the way I've always did it. Good looking group down here. Uh, we're starting this Sunday, the season of Advent. Uh, the first Sunday of Advent. Well, Advent, that's just a, a term for the coming of something very, very important. And uh, look up here. What important thing are we looking forward to? What, what's, what's coming? So, yeah. What's that? Christmas, yeah. And uh, we've got a, a scene here, a major scene of, of, of the very first Christmas, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Have something to say? You like that one? Okay. It's pretty, isn't it? Well, did you know that uh, God loves us very much and He wants each of you, each one of you kids, to have a wonderful life and a very bright future? So, guess what? God had a plan. And the God that made this great, big, beautiful world that we live in, uh, He loved us so much that He sent Jesus uh, down to earth to be with us. And you know what? I don't know what you think, but I think that's I think that is awesome. You think that's awesome? God, He didn't want us to be separated from Him and to live apart. God wanted us to be close to Him. Uh, and, and each one of you, God, for you, God wants you to be close to Him also. So God, He sent Jesus into the world as a babe in the manger the very first Christmas beautiful story. But you know what? God's plan, it didn't end there. Because just like all of you will grow up, Jesus grew up in, uh, into a man. And he, he walked around with us. He walked among us down on this earth. And uh, he taught us and he showed us how to live uh, a life like God wants us to live. He showed us how to love one another, how to help one another, and how to be kind to each other. And uh, did you know that doing doing these things uh, that, that God wants us to do will help bring us closer to God and help us to be better people? Uh, did you know that while Jesus walked around with us, did you know that he said that if we do good things to help other people, it's the same thing as doing it to Jesus. Did you know that? Whenever you do good things and help other people, it's the same thing as doing it to Jesus. He taught us that. And you know what? If we do those things that Jesus taught us, uh, not only will we be closer to God, but uh, it will also help us to be closer to one another, to each other. It'll help us to live in a good relationship with one another. So, God wants you to give Him your heart. If you give Him your heart, you'll be on the right path for that wonderful future that God wants for you. Just give Him your heart. And 
always, always be kind. Can you say that with me? He wants us to always be what? Kind. Always be kind. Let's pray before we go. Thank you, God, for loving us so much that you sent Jesus into this world to show us how to live and how to love. We ask you to bless each one of these children. And we pray for a wonderful and bright future for every one of them. And these things we pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. of food and drink, and we cherish the love of family and friends. Lord, we offer these gifts to you with thankful hearts and in joyous praise. As we give of our money and resources, we surrender our whole beings to you in worship and adoration. Lord, may this offering extend the work of your kingdom in your church, your community, and into the beautiful world which you have made. Amen.
today's scripture will be um, from Isaiah uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall, shall stream to it. <coughs> Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up into the mountains of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and that he may teach us his ways, and that he may walk in his and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go, go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords and plow, plow shares, sorry, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up swords against nations, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk into the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Jarrett Wagner, and when when this church was first being formed, my husband Phil and I would hear stories of hope and many prayers and hard work from Pat and Bill Denton. And one night we were playing cards, and Bill said to me, when we get in our new location, which was downtown in a clothing store, I want you to come and visit with us. Well, Phil and I went, and we were so accepted the first time we walked in the door. And when we got in the car, Phil said, well, what did you think? And I said, it was like going home. I give thanks that myself and my family have been able to share and receive God's love through this church and throughout the community. So our family was asked to speak today uh, as we light the candle of future, and whenever I got to uh, praying and reflecting about the future of Community Baptist Church, and last night when we put up the memory tree, uh, I can just see all those folks. You know, they had their assigned seats. I know exactly where they would be if they were here today. So we've had a lot of folks that have gone before us who really... Uh, paved that path for us and who gave us a very strong foundation here at Community Baptist Church. And in the scripture that uh, Rachel read a minute ago, it, it said, they'll say, let's come, let's climb God's mountain, let's go to the house of God. And we are now they. It is our charge now to to make sure that we pass the love and the word and prayer on to the future generations that will come uh, after us, just as those who are all represented on our memory tree have done for us. So the future is really not all that different than the past. And we just need to continue, as our motto says, to be the presence of Christ and to continually serve a world in need. Now we light the 
candle of future. Ephesians 3, 20-21 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever.
you so much. That song is the vision of Isaiah. Um, thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. Haven't we had a good start for our Advent season and our December to remember? Hasn't it been a great start? Okay, y'all can go home now. <laughs> no, you know, you know better than that. Back in 1948, um, there was a World War II veteran named Earl Schaefer. He was the first person to hike the entire Appalachian Trail. This 2,160-mile hiking trail connects Springer Mountain, Georgia, to Mount Katahdin, Maine. It is the longest hiking-only footpath in the world. Schaefer's reason for hiking the trail was that he was restless after the war and he was grieving the death of his best friend. And so he felt like he needed to find some peace. So he set out alone on this challenging adventure. It took him through forests and streams and over mountains. He reached Maine in about four months. It took him about four months to get to Maine. And, and this initial journey has inspired thousands of other hikers since then to try to hike the entire trail as well. Every year, about 1,500 people begin the journey with the intent to, to complete the trail. Only one in ten are able to do that. Since 1948, Schaefer has hiked the entire trail, Appalachian Trail, two more times. And he began his third hike of the trail at the age of 79. Now, you may be thinking, why in the world would a 79-year-old man want to hike alone through 2,000 miles of rugged forests and mountains? Well, he says that he finds inspiration in the view at the end of the journey, the view from the top of Mount Katahdin. He says Katahdin is the most beautiful. From the top, you can see everything. You can, you can look at it from, from so many different angles, and it looks differently every time. And people ask me, what makes me go off and do something like this? It's the beauty, he says. Well, our Bible passage for today comes from the second chapter of Isaiah, and it also is a vision of a beautiful mountain. The prophet Isaiah spoke his words from God both before and during the Babylonian exile. And so as you can imagine, he was speaking to a people who were disheartened. And so a part of God's mission through Isaiah was to bring hope to God's disheartened people. This is just such a passage. Like Earl Schaefer's beautiful view from Mount Katahdin, Isaiah is given a vision from the top of God's holy mountain. And it is a vision of hope. It is a vision of God's plan to restore God's people. It is a vision to bring peace and justice to the nations through God's anointed one, the Messiah. He begins by saying, in, those, in days to come, the mountain of, of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills and all nations shall stream to it. This is Isaiah's vision of the day when the spirit of God's Messiah will rule over all nations of the world with peace and with justice. When people from every nation will come together to worship God, to learn about God, and, and to live according to God's ways. He sees a vision of people who are so motivated to be in God's presence that, that they look like an upward flowing stream of humanity climbing up the mountain to reach God's temple. Can you imagine a, a stream of water flowing up a mountain? You might say, well, that's impossible. And, and indeed, the laws of gravity make it almost impossible for water to flow uphill. There's, there are just a few instances where it is somewhat possible. Waves of the ocean can move uphill either because of the uh, strong winds or, or uh, being pushed by strong winds or from the gravita gravitational pull of the, of the moon. A few earthquakes have caused rivers to flow upstream temporarily, 
And massive ice sheets in Antarctica create such a downward pressure on the streams that are underneath them that some of those streams actually flow uphill. But it takes a powerful force of nature to defy the pull of gravity and move water uphill. In the same way, it takes a powerful work of the Holy Spirit to to inspire us to seek the ways of God. And this is the vision of the future that Isaiah has announced. Back in 1941, Hitler's armies were invading the city of Leningrad, Russia. And the staff of the famous Hermitage Museum worked round the clock to load pieces of uh, priceless paintings and other sculptures and pieces of art onto, onto three trains to move them to a safe hiding place. The Nazi army blockaded the city with the hopes of starving the people and destroying its uh, industrial and military strength. The siege of Leningrad lasted almost 900 days. More than a million civilians died before it was over. The director of the Hermitage decided to keep the beautiful building open, even though most of the artwork had been sent away. He felt that the beauty of the building itself would would give hope to the suffering citizens of, of Leningrad. But soon, bombing around the city also damaged the Hermitage as well, and snow and and water began to seep in through the broken windows. So the museum brought in some Russian soldiers to help shovel out the snow and the broken glass and mop up the the water all over the floor. And and to thank the soldiers for the work that they had done, a museum guide named Pavel Dubchevsky... Easy for you to say. <laughs> he gave the soldiers a tour of the museum. But what was there to say? It was nearly an empty shell. But Dubchevsky began to walk through the rooms of the hermitage and describe in beautiful, vivid detail each work of art that hung on the walls. He painted word pictures of the the marble statues that had graced each room. And as he described the art that had once hung there, the soldiers' eyes began to brighten and they began to see the museum through Dubchevsky's eyes. They began to see beautiful works of art that had once been in those rooms, once graced those rooms, and these beautiful works of art that would grace those rooms once again, once the war was over. And in the middle of that terrible war, in the middle of starvation and suffering, Pavel Dubchevsky gave those soldiers a vision of future hope. Twenty-five years ago, the founders of Community Baptist Church also had a vision of hope. And like the vision of Isaiah, and like the the vision of Pavel Dubchevsky, it was born not of an experience of joy and peace, but instead it was born of an, an experience of frustration, disappointment, probably even some anger. And like Isaiah, our founders recognized that the situation that they were in was not the situation that they wanted to be in. They felt that that God had something different for them to accomplish. They felt that God's blessings on them would have to come in a different way and from a different place. And so they began to form a vision of something better. They looked into the future to see something beautiful that God had in store for them. A new kind of church. A church that opens its arms to all kinds of people. (laughs) Not just those who are in lockstep theological agreement with them. A church that, that truly loves God with all of our hearts and minds and strength and soul and also truly loves our neighbor. A church that focuses less on what we believe and more on what we do and how we live. 
while still depending on the grace of God. A church that truly lives our mission statement as we seek to be the presence of Christ to a world in need. A church that doesn't have a lot of money. By the way, that picture was taken Wednesday. A church that doesn't have a lot of money to spend on huge programs. But a church who willingly gives itself away in ministry and in help for our community. And a church that opens its doors to, as Ryan said just a few minutes ago, 115 or so children, boys and girls, every single day of the week, simply and purely because it is good for them. And I hope that our founding fathers and mothers are proud. Proud of what we have become. Proud of what we are today. I know that I am. Happy anniversary. Community Baptist Church, you rock. (laughs) I want us to get a glimpse of that future hope that Isaiah saw in his vision. And I also want us to, to realize that our church is a pioneer of Isaiah's vision. And I think that this is a great passage for us to kick off our Advent season and our December to remember 25th anniversary celebration. You see, Advent is the season when we prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus is the one who, who provides our view from the mountaintop. Jesus is the one who reminds us that God has a plan for us. And that plan is to undo the damage of our sin and to, and to restore us to God. And our church is following the path to fulfill that vision of Isaiah. And most importantly, the vision of Christ. And in that vision, Jesus heals our separation from God. In the first part of Isaiah's vision, he, he sees the, uh, the undoing of the fall when Adam and Eve, when their sin built a, a wall of shame and, and death between them and God. My friends, sin separates us from God and from everything good that, that God supplies to us, like love and wisdom and joy and peace. And our sin also separates us from each other. In Isaiah's vision, he, he sees an undoing of the Tower of Babel when the people tried to, to build a tower up to the heavens and God confused their languages and scattered them to prevent them to, from trying to become gods, their own gods. But Isaiah says in the days to come, the nations will come together to climb the holy mountain of God. They will want God's wisdom. They will seek God's ways. And more than anything else in the world, they'll want to be in God's presence. No more separation from God. No more separation from one another. That's the first part of God's, of Isaiah's vision. Sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? In the last book of the... The Lord of the Rings, uh, the trilogy, Sam Gamgee wakes up thinking that everything is lost. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and he wakes up, and instead what he discovers is that all of his friends are surrounding him or around him, and he sees his friend Gandalf, and he cries out, Gandalf, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead. And then he said, is everything sad uh, going to come untrue? What's happened to the world? And Gandalf replied, a great shadow has departed. Then he begins to laugh, and the sound of it is like music. My friend Sam Gamgee was right. Everything sad is going to come untrue. 
What a great vision that is. And that is precisely the hopeful vision that Isaiah saw. And that is the hopeful vision that will be fulfilled when when Jesus' kingdom is fully established here on this earth. And that's the hopeful vision of our forefathers and foremothers of Community Baptist Church. The second part of Isaiah's vision is that Jesus is going to heal our separation from each other. Unfortunately, our church began in separation. Our church split off from another congregation, and from what I understand, it was not amicable. And I am sure that many hearts were broken, both of those who came to form Community Baptist Church and those who stayed behind. And I am sure that God's heart was broken too, because it is not God's will that we have animosity towards one another. Verses 3 and 4 of Isaiah's vision reads like this. The law will go out from Zion. The word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. In the Garden of Eden, God set forth the original design for humanity. God created Adam and Eve to live in a special relationship of trust with God and with each other. But in our sinfulness, when we reject the ways of God, we also reject the unity that was meant to strengthen and to protect the human race. And the result of that is much of what we see in our world today. (laughs) Dissension. Distrust. Divisiveness. War. I heard about a social studies teacher who had just finished teaching a unit on war and peace, and he asked his class, how many of you would say that you're opposed to war? And of course, every hand went up. And so the teacher asked, who give us a reason for being opposed to war? And the boy in the back raised his hand and he said, I hate war. I hate war because wars make history. And I hate history. (laughs) Well, maybe that's not the best reason for hating war. But the reason that we should hate war and divisiveness and dissension and distrust is because it is not a part of God's plan. There have been times, of course, when dissension and even war was essential to protect human beings or to preserve freedoms. And God can create something good and beautiful even from a contentious situation. But war is still a rebellion against God's plan for humanity. And the prophet Isaiah makes it very clear that when humanity is restored to God, when Isaiah's vision is fulfilled, when Christ's vision is fulfilled, we will no longer have any desire for war. We will turn our weapons of war into instruments of peace. We will turn our animosity into love. One day, when the Spirit of Christ restores the original plan of God's creation, Jesus will restore our peace with God and our peace with each other. And all of those selfish, sinful impulses that compel us to turn against one another, those things are going to be transformed by the love of God. So what does this mean? For Community Baptist Church. It means that we continue to do what we have always done. We will make every effort within our human limitations to be a shining light of love for God. And love for God's children. Something interesting happened in a place called Wakanda, Illinois. Wakanda is a small town, about 6,500 people. 
for the past 45 years, the town has placed two large lighted crosses on the, on the city water towers during the Christmas season. But the town council received a threat that somebody was going to sue the city if, the, if those crosses were put up during the upcoming Christmas season. And so the town council grudgingly took them down. But that's when the citizens, the citizens of Wakanda, took matters into their own hands. And that's exactly what should happen anyway. You see, they didn't countersue, nor did they organize any angry protests. Here's what they did. They decided to honor those missing crosses by placing lighted reminders of Christ on their own property. All over town, the citizens of Wakanda put up lighted crosses and nativity stars and manger scenes and trees draped in lights. They put up so many lights that you could see Wakanda for miles away. Wakanda looked like an entirely different town. Night was as bright as day because the people decided to turn on the lights of Christmas. And what's the first thing that God created? It was light. And what is the last thing that will indicate the presence of God among us? According to Revelation, it is light. The Advent season is our chance to remember, to celebrate, and to announce to the world that the Messiah has come. And that we have been called to walk in the light of the Lord. And my friends, as we walk in the light of Christ, we will choose justice. And we will choose peace. And we will choose unity and love. Because through Jesus Christ, Christ, we have been restored to God and to one another. For these next four weeks leading up to Christmas, I hope that you will focus on how you can heal any separation between you and God. And any separation between you and your brothers and sisters in this world of any race or creed or persuasion. So that the light of Christ, the light that our founders envisioned for us 25 years ago that that light may shine even more brightly today and for the next 25 years and beyond. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn, Because He Lives, and this is what it's all about. Why do we do all this? Why do we... Why are we a church that... Is, seeks to be the presence of Christ and serving a world in need. Why do we bother? It's because He lives. Let's say.
and with one another, in accordance with Christ's Jesus, so that together we may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.